Om Namo Narayanaya. Today we are starting Chapter 7, Scheduled Incarnations with Specific Functions. This is quite a long chapter, longest I've ever read, so this particular bit is going to be chopped up into multiple videos. I have no idea where we'll be stopping or how soon or anything. I just know that there's going to be a lot here, and I also think it's going to be a lot that's actually rather interesting. So here we go. Lord Brahma said, When the unlimitedly powerful Lord assumed the form of a boar as a pastime, just to lift the planet Earth, which was drowned in the great ocean of the universe called the Garbhadaka, the first demon, Hiranyaksha, appeared, and the Lord pierced him with his tusk. The Prajapati first begot Suyanya in the womb of his wife, Akuti, and then Suyangya begot demigods, headed by Suyama in the womb of his wife, Dakshina. Suyangya, as the Indra Deva, diminished very great miseries in the three planetary systems, and because he so diminished the miseries of the universe, he was later called Hari by the great father of mankind, namely Svayambhuva Manu. The Lord then appeared as the Kapila incarnation, being the son of the Prajapati Brahmana, Kardama, and his wife, Devahuti, along with nine other women, his sisters. He spoke to his mother about self-realization, by which in that very lifetime she became fully cleansed of the mud of the material modes, and thereby achieved liberation, the path of Kapila. The great sage Atri prayed for offspring, and the Lord, being satisfied with him, promised to incarnate as Atri's son, Datreya. And by the grace of the lotus feet of the Lord, many Yadus, Hayas, etc., became so purified that they obtained both material and spiritual blessings. To create different planetary systems, I had to undergo austerities and penance, and the Lord, thus being pleased with me, incarnated in four sanas. In the previous creation, the spiritual truth was devastated, but the four sanas explained it so nicely that the truth at once became clearly perceived by the sages. To exhibit his personal way of austerity and penance, he appeared in twin forms as Narayana, sorry, Narayana and Nara in the womb of Murti, the wife of Dharma and the daughter of Daksha. Celestial bodies celestial beauties, excuse me, the companions of Cupid went to try to break his vows, but they were unsuccessful, for they saw that many beauties like them were emanating from him, Lord Vishnu. Great stalwarts, like Lord Shiva, can, by their wrathful glances, overcome lust and vanquish him, yet they cannot be free from the overwhelming effects of their own wrath. Such wrath can never enter into the heart of the Lord, who is above all this. So how can lust take shelter in his mind? Being insulted by sharp words spoken by the co-wife of the king, even in his presence, Prince Dhruva, though only a boy, took to severe penances in the forest, and the Lord, being satisfied by his prayer, awarded him the Dhruva planet, which is worshipped by great sages both upward and downward. Maharaja Vena went astray from the path of righteousness, and the Brahmanas chastised him by the thunderbolt curse. By this, King Vena was burnt with his good deeds and opulence, and was en route to hell. 
the Lord, by his causeless mercy, descended as his son by the name of Prithu, delivered the condemned king Vena from hell, and exploited the earth by drawing all kinds of crops as produce. The Lord appeared as the son of Sudevi, the wife of king Nabi, and was known as Rashabadeva. He performed materialistic yoga to equibalance the mind. This sage is also accepted as the highest perfection no situation of liberation, whereby one is situated in oneself and is completely satisfied. The Lord appeared as the Hayagriva incarnation in a sacrifice performed by me. He is the personified sacrifices, and the hue of his body is golden. He is the personified Vedas as well, and the super soul of all demigods. When he breathed, all the sweet sounds of the Vedic hymns came out of his nostrils. At the end of the millennium, the would-be Vaivatamanu of the name Satyavarata could see that the Lord and the fish incarnation is the shelter of all kinds of living entities, up to those in the earthly planets. Because of my fear of the vast water at the end of the millennium, the Vedas came out of my mouth, and the Lord enjoys those vast water and protects the Vedas. The primal, primal, primeval Lord then assumed the tortoise incarnation in order to serve as a resting place for the Mandara mountain, which was acting as a churning rod. The demigods and demons were churning the ocean of milk with the Mandara mountain in order to extract nectar. The mountain moved back and forth, scratching the back of Lord Tortoise, who, while partially sleeping, was experiencing an itching sensation. Lord Vishnu assumed the incarnation of Nrisimhadeva in order to vanquish the great fears of the demigods. He killed the king of the demons, who challenged the Lord with a club in his hand by placing the demon on his thighs and piercing him with his nails, rolling his eyebrows in anger and showing his fearful teeth and mouth. The leader of the elephants, whose leg was attacked in a river by a crocodile of superior strength, was much aggrieved. Taking a lotus flower in his trunk, he addressed the Lord, saying, O oh, original enjoyer, Lord of the universe, O oh, deliverer, as famous as a place of pilgrimage, all are purified simply by hearing your holy name, which is worthy to be chanted. Lord Vishnu, after hearing the elephant's plea, felt that the elephant needed his immediate help, for he was in great distress. Thus at once the Lord appeared there on the wings of the king of birds, Garuda, fully equipped with his weapon, the wheel. With the wheel he cut the pieces the mouth of the crocodile to save the elephant, and he delivered the elephant by lifting him in his trunk. The Lord, although transcendental to all material modes, still surpassed all the qualities of the sons of Adita, known as the Adityas. The Lord appeared as the youngest son of Adita, and because he surpassed all the planets of the universe, he is the supreme personality of Godhead. On the pretense of asking for a measurement of three footsteps of land, he took away all the lands of Bali Maharaja. Yes, simply because without begging, no authority can take one's rightful possessions. Bali Maharaja, who put on, put on his head the water washed from the lotus feet of the Lord, did not think of anything besides his promise, in spite of being forbidden by his spiritual master. The king dedicated his own personal body to fulfill the measurement of the Lord's third step. For such a personality, even the kingdom of heaven, which he conquered by his strength, was of no value. Oh, Narada! You were taught about the science of God and his transcendental loving service by Lord Vishnu in his incarnation of 
Hamsavatara. He was very much pleased with you due to your intense proportion of devotional service. He also explained unto you lucidly the full science of devotional service, which is especially understandable by persons who are souls surrender unto Lord Vasu Deva, Lord Vishnu. We're going to pause right here. My excitement at the beginning of this has slightly waned because this is very confusing. Um, partly because of the way it's written. It's not really well organized. And it's going through these incarnations and then talking about other people and things. And you're like trying to tell an epic story in... How many verses did we get to? Uh, 19. And it's it's not good. It's not well read. You could probably write a whole chapter on each incarnation. Maybe they do in other books. I don't know. Actually... That begs the question I was thinking while reading this. Is there other books that talk about these incarnations? I have no idea. I've heard about them over and over and over again. You always hear about these incarnations and the avatars and whatever, but is this the only book that lists these? And hopefully they do a better job. And hopefully the writer does a better job in later books describing them. But right now, this is very confusing to me. And who is who? And, and why are these people so important? The one thing I did get out of this, though, is basically, instead of one incarnation to fulfill all purposes, you have multi-incarnations over the years doing different things. It's not like every single incarnation is a scholar. Uh, one Incarnation is a warrior. One incarnation is an animal. You know, uh, they they each have a slightly different role and thus a different teaching and and something different, which is very interesting. You know, it's quite a uh, contradiction maybe to someone like Jesus Christ, who supposedly fulfilled this revelation, uh, but yet he had a particular personality. There is a personality of. You know, Krishna, we know what he acted like. We know certain things about him. Sorry, did I say Krishna? I meant Jesus Christ. Uh, he didn't do everything. Here we have a God that does everything. In a different form, at a different time. And one complaint with Christianity is, well, your guy showed up once. Where is he now? This guy showed up all the time. Does he still show up in the world? And I'll ask this final question. Some people say yes. But be careful, because a lot of people who say yes are then in the New Age world. And maybe they're a New Agey teacher who teaches of some, some esoteric thing, but they're not Hindu, and they don't follow Hindu faith, and they don't really care. They just borrow, 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 and steal and take from whatever they feel like. And it doesn't matter how accurate or whatever it is. They just want something that makes them sound legit. So they say, oh, Krishna's here, and maybe I'm Krishna. But they're not Hindu. That'd be like uh, someone coming up saying, uh, I am the incarnation of the Moshayak. Moshayak? The, the, you know, the coming of, coming of the, the Savior according to the Jews, but I'm not Jewish or anything. And I don't care about Judaism. And I could tell you nothing about Judaism. You would think I was a fraud. You'd think I was a joke. Or if I came up and said, oh, I am the reincarnation of Muhammad, the Holy Prophet. You'd think I was a joke. I'd probably get murdered for that. But these New Agers, they come up and they say, we're Krishna. Krishna's here. 
we don't take them as a joke because they are all feel goodish, and they're not organized religion. And we don't like organized religion. That's what the modern world says. But you should like modern organized religion. It's got some great stuff in it. So I'm going on a rant right now that I have against New Ageism and how it's corrupting the faith and and putting people on paths, pulling them away from things, and then making things up. And I don't want to get into this rant because I could go on and on. This is a big issue with me. So I'm going to stop here and please excuse all that or comment on that, whatever you want. And we'll pick up this, this chapter elsewhere. If you have any thoughts on it, please put them down below for myself and for others. Harry Krishna, Harry Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Harry Harry, Harry Rama, Harry Rama, Rama Rama, Harry Harry.